0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 237. And today's episode is a little bonus Jonas for you guys. We are going to be doing some philosophy thought experiments. So again, this is outside of our regularly scheduled content. And we are really excited to do these thought experiments today.
1: Yeah, it's always fun to, you know, kind of break up the normal content that we do and kind of do something that's a little bit outside of the box. Say, take your mind a mile higher. Today, you got to take your mind very high.
0: (laughs) Yeah, somewhere for sure. These are really interesting. So basically, they are different scenarios that we are going to be thinking about and then saying our opinions on or what we would do in these situations. Yeah, this is
1: usually thought experiments are usually a part of a lot of like philosophy classes, especially in, mm -hmm. in college and things like that. But I just I, I never took philosophy in college, which I, I regret. I would have probably really enjoyed.
2: I loved my learning philosophy,
0: about philosophy class. Oh yeah, you did it, huh?
2: Yeah, just one class, just mm. a brief like one oh one, but I liked it.
0: Yeah, it looks really fun. So I'm excited to be a student today. I actually haven't even seen all of these. We wanted to kind of go in with a fresh, you know, perspective, not have too long to think about these.
1: It's gonna really give you an inside look at at who we are.
0: Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited. And, and
1: also, just like how different your answers are from mine and Janelle and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. this gonna be a really fun one. But this episode is brought to you by Daily Harvest, also milehighermerch.com. Go check it out. And Higher Love Wellness. If yes. You, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about Higher Love Wellness. We actually are very very close to releasing some new products, which mm-hmm. I'm very excited about. And there will be more details coming out here probably. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be making a big announcement over there. So that is HigherLoveWellness.com. Use code MILEHIRE for 10% off. So let's begin.
2: Me and my new curtain. Yes. Woo. Check it out, people. If you're watching video somewhere, uh, we she finally beautiful. have a
0: new backdrop. So proud. It's so good. It took, took us a while.
2: It. Well, you know, every time, that's what every we new do year, here. we make little improvements. That's what yep. we do here. Let's We're always it. trying to improve. <laughs> that's right. Always oh, trying to take it up a notch. But, I'm sure some mm-hmm. people
1: are like, yeah, shut that." What are you guys
2: talking about? (laughs) Hey, people enjoy little updates. Yeah. Okay. This one is a topic of self-driving cars, I guess you could kind of say. So here we go. Let me give you a little rundown. Imagine you are a programmer of self-driving cars. Naturally, you will program the car so that it avoids accidents. So when a truck carrying lumber is in front of the driver and one of the logs comes loose, threatening to impale the driver, the car moves to the left. Now imagine there is a car to the left. You would naturally program the car to move to the nearest open space, right or left. But now imagine there are two vehicles next to the self-driving car. If the car moves to the left, the driver in the car will die. If the car moves to the right, the driver in that car will die. If the self-driving car does not move, then the driver dies. What do you program the car to do? And now there's different levels here. So I'll kind of let you absorb that and then we can go on to the next piece of information.
0: This is actually one of my most irrational fears in life really? ever since I saw Final Destination <laughs> the scene where the logs come off the, the car. Oh my the god. Truck that, the truck. The yeah. truck it scared the shit out of me and now I will not drive behind anyone that has like ladder or anything that looks loose on their car. And hypothetically
1: okay. this could be an actual real situation. Yeah. Sure, so, right? Cuz obviously a lot of automakers are starting to introduce these autopilot features where you know whether it's hands-free or that you know there's not totally autonomous vehicles or a whole lot of them there's a few out there but i think in our lifetime that's obviously going to be a feature that is just going to become with every vehicle that you purchase from yeah. you know you can manually drive it if you want to or you can have your car autonomously so in a situation where you you know you are autonomously allowing your vehicle to take you where you want to go What do you do? Do you save yourself? Do you kill the person next to you? Well,
0: you're doing this for a random person who's driving. Oh, that's right. You're the programmer in this situation.
1: So what do you do? Well, either way, somebody's going to die.
0: Yeah, I'm like, there's no good answer for this.
1: But you're the programmer of the vehicle. So ultimately, you want the driver to survive, right? Because you're the programmer of that vehicle.
0: Yeah. I guess from a legal perspective, the obvious answer would be, To do what's best for the company that you work for.
1: But is it really better for the company if your vehicle then kills somebody else? The driver survives, but the person next to you dies.
2: But this is where it all comes into play. Let's say that you're at the dealership and they're trying to sell you this car. And you're like, yeah, it's so great. They're, They're telling you it's amazing. It's If there's a situation like this, of course, you want to be sold as like, this is the safest car for you. And your family or whoever is, else is in the car with you. Not yeah. so much as like, yeah, well, depending on the scenario, it might actually decide to kill you yeah. and hurt you more. Like, are you really yeah. going to buy it if it, usually humans have their self-interests in mind? Yeah, from a sales
0: perspective, I guess programming it to protect the driver of the vehicle makes most
2: sense. Yep. But let's take it a little step further. But morally, that. is that the right <laughs> well, answer? There is no right answer morally. No. Okay, here we go. So, okay, there's the driver. You're in the car. Same scenario. But on the left is a motorcyclist, and the driver on the right is a car. Do you hit the car because they have a better chance of surviving? But would this be punishing the person for driving the car? Or do you hit the motorcyclist because it's less safe than the car? Oh,
0: damn. This just got even
2: harder. Or, again, kind of like same idea, what if there are cars on both sides but the driver on the left of the car is wearing a, is not wearing a seatbelt. Do you hit the right because they have a better chance of survival? But then you're punishing the people who are just trying to be safe wearing the seatbelt. Or do you hit the non-seatbelt driver <laughs> as a punishment <laughs> for non-seat not wearing a seatbelt? Sure. Okay, this is horrible. <laughs> I don't know. Teach them a lesson. Okay, yeah. are we giving our answers to the first one or all of these? I mean, the the idea of like the motorcycle versus the car is or versus the seatbelt is kind of... Similar in the sense of we know that motorcycles are less safe than cars, right. and we know that wearing a seatbelt is more safe than not wearing a seatbelt. So,
1: I think it would make more sense from you know you got to remember what perspective you're looking at this from too. Is like as the programmer, you you'd go for the car over the motorcycle because obviously the motorcycle's likely gonna have a lesser chance of surviving as opposed yeah. to because what if you hit a, you know what if you hit this other car that's also an autonomous car and then it's able to move to a different lane. You know what I mean? It senses it. A lot of cars are able to sense somebody coming over to their lane. So what if it's able to then move out of that lane and therefore both of you are okay? But ultimately, if you just think from a safety perspective, hitting the motorcyclist is the worst case scenario because that person's likely going to die or sustain serious injury. So hitting another car, the chances of them surviving are far greater because of the safety features that a car affords you over a motorcycle. There's no airbags on a motorcycle versus a car. Right. There's airbags.
0: So pretty much the right answer is to always go to the right.
2: Well, I guess that's the whole idea of philosophy is like, there is no right answer really, you know? Well,
1: yeah, cause <laughs> either way there's, there's,
2: or is the right answer to program the car to kill you? Cause really like, Oh, so a pole's coming out of my head. I got to swerve and either kill this person on the right or the left. Yeah, the programmer would probably try and save your life like we were talking about. But is the true right answer to kill yourself and save these innocent people who had nothing to do with this.
0: Well, you're still an innocent person if you're driving the car and the person ahead of you. Sure. So I feel like everyone's an innocent person.
2: But you just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. So do you sacrifice your own life? So do you
1: gamble with fate? You just let fate take you out. (laughs) You just let, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Or maybe, you know, people believe everything happens for a reason. So for the reason is, you know, the way you leave this world is (laughs) taking a big old log to the face. Then maybe that's how, how it's supposed to be. So why mess with that? Well,
0: as the programmer of the car, I think what I would do is have the vehicle always move to the right. Because that would prevent the driver from being killed. And ultimately, that's a selling point, so it's good for the company.
2: What if both the left and right cars were wearing seatbelts, but the driver of the self-driving car is not? Do you program the car to take the hit as a punishment for the driver? Oh,
1: damn. Whoever this programmer is has a lot of philosophical (laughs) questions to consider. But
2: as we get into self-driving cars, this actually becomes a real question because then you get in the whole idea of like, well, let's say there's, in this scenario, I'm in a Tesla, the person who's me, the person who's driving the car is in a Tesla, the person on the left of me is in a Tesla, but the person on the right of me is in some other electric vehicle, self-driving car. Yeah. So obviously, Teslas are going to be in their best interest together. So do you program it to hit the Prius? You know, like when, because you know, you want to sell your product as a company, and now you have competition they're all doing the same thing. So when do you? How do you know what the right answer is? There is no right answer.
1: <laughs> There's no right answer, These but there is me. a right answer because ultimately, as the programmer, your your loyalty lies to who you work for. Mm-hmm. So
0: and selling. So yeah, I think in that it's sense, a better headline. headline it's a better headline
1: right. if man and Tesla survives, and sadly, man and Prius dies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the brands, like for the company, but philosophically, obviously, there's major problems there. Like there's more. Room there's no for right answer. There's too. no right answer there.
0: Yeah, I would say if I was the programmer, I'd program it to go to the right to hit the car, okay. avoid the motorcycle seatbelt question. I would say seatbelts are kind of irrelevant. I would still hmm. program it to go to the right.
2: What if you? But were- then does that
1: teach people that? you cannot wear a seatbelt and you'll be fine because they're just going to it's just going to save you anyway but it's going to kill somebody else in the process you know what i mean But Versus, it still doesn't i don't know i think maybe you, in
0: that specific situation i think but... if you
1: don't wear a seatbelt you deserve to just take the hit
0: mm.
1: honestly cuz that's just like but a is no, that helping your
0: company as the programmer well then the, of the, the car. company
1: doesn't have liability at that point if you didn't wear a seatbelt oh
0: that's a good you point you know what i
1: mean so if you take the hit and they're like well Josh died because he didn't have a seatbelt on. Had he had a seatbelt, he likely would have lived.
0: So they just, all your safety features go out the window if you don't have your seatbelt R- clicked Right, in.
1: like when you click your seatbelt in, it's That's engaging the safety That's honestly a good way to get system. people
0: to wear their seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> like these features won't there pick a in unless they're on. It's
2: not our problem if you're not going to take precaution. Yeah, click it or die. Click it or die, Okay, yeah. how about this though? So imagine you're in a self-driving car, driving down a single lane, mountain road, you're on i seventy. And all of a sudden you're approaching Eisenhower at okay. a high speed.
1: Which is a tunnel, by the way. Yeah, it's a tunnel. Eisenhower tunnel, big yeah. tunnel.
2: Just before you enter Eisenhower tunnel, a child tries to run across the road, but trips and falls, blocking your entrance, and the car cannot break in time. The car has two choices hit the child, killing him, or swerve and hit the tunnel wall, killing you. What is the car supposed to do? Oh, okay. Probably um, hit the child. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because kind of... like,
1: I mean, the car's job is to keep you safe, ultimately, and it is to keep others safe. But in this scenario, it's gonna be
0: who is letting their child play outside the Eisenhower Tunnel? <laughs> That's <is> the real <laughs> question you here.
2: Some shit like that, but you know, but
0: you could,
1: you could, you could also like say an animal ran sure. out in front.
0: Well, I think you should always try to
2: protect the youth who are
0: <laughs> defenseless.
1: Not when they're stupid. <laughs> what and out if there's in the a kid? The what if
2: there's a youth inside your car?
1: Right, Ooh, that changes yeah. things. Yeah, what, if your family's if in the car, our, then you hit the kid. Yeah, ultimately, that's I mean, sucks for the kid, but yeah. it's better that you and your family live because you did you did not create the situation, right? You yeah. didn't create this this horrible, tragic situation that's about to unfold. But unfortunately,
0: yeah, if my kid was in the car, it would hit the random kid.
1: Right, it's just the way it has to be.
0: <sighs> these are stressful.
1: Feel your stress levels rising. Yeah,
0: definitely.
2: So, okay, if self-driving cars are the future, who gets to make these decisions? Legislators, ethicists, car companies? Like, who's creating these laws of what cars can and cannot do?
1: I think, ultimately, it has to be a, like, a council. get together. Like, there's got to be multiple people involved. Because if you leave it up to the car companies, the car companies are just going to do what's best for them. Yeah, Because, as clear. we know, it's profits over people. So, yeah. they're going to do what's going to protect the brand and protect their profits over the safety of the public. So obviously there's got to be, there's got to be oversight to that, whether it's the government or outside groups that are somehow involved. I think the same thing, I mean, self-driving cars, there is a, there is AI within the vehicle, right? So there's got to be, there's got to be somebody looking over the AI and the decisions that this AI is making. So I think it's multiple. I think there's got to be, I think there's got to be like an ethics board that, that yeah that is oversees the overarching mm-hmm. umbrella of this technology right mm-hmm. and is and is making sure that the companies that are developing the technology and selling it to the public are complying with these uni- sort of universal laws i guess is the way i would i, I think of it is like there's got to be universal laws to ai and to anything that is autonomous in our world yeah and if there's not then that's going to be a huge problem because people are going to exploit that and take advantage of it and yeah, there's going to be like a end.
0: whole department to deal with this.
1: Well, there's going to have to be and I think there are some organizations out there that are starting to kind of look at this this issue because this is going to be a huge issue in our future of especially mm-hmm. when every mm-hmm. people start owning humanoid robots and stuff.
0: Yeah, that day's coming. How is that going
1: to how is that going to work? You know, is the robot going to save you or is it going to kill the other person you know what I mean like it's the same dilemma that's gonna unfold with the self driving cars as it it is with any other autonomous AI
0: damn that's hard there needs to be like a whole department or board and I would not want to be part of that that sounds like incredibly stressful
2: what if you could make the decisions for the car and like or even you know being able to buy an ethics pack you could call it configuration so that you decide what the the fate is
1: well i think with that i think that is a good idea although you have to be prepared to pay the consequences of your actions i mean it's the same it's the same thing as if you're buying a weapon right you you go and buy a gun it's the same it's the same dilemma you can either choose you can use that gun for you know within the bounds of, of the law or you can use it to break the law with it it's the same thing with like a vehicle ultimately and these types of decisions so i'd say that could you know maybe there's an ethics pack that helps you make those decisions especially in a situation where you as the human aren't able to manually input your de- you know your your decision before something happens but ultimately if you are the one programming your own vehicle if something bad were to happen you are on the hook for that and maybe that's how it has to be is like you it, i mean a vehicle is a weapon yeah. You ask the you asked the police about that no, and people so use their vehicles as weapons so it's the same thing. It's like it's no different to me than buying a gun, right? It's like it's the same thing you can use it for the right purposes or the wrong purposes and you're on the hook either way. Yeah. So if something goes wrong, you're on the hook for what happened from that weapon. I, I, that's what I I think, but I don't know, that's just one way to look at it, I guess.
0: But I think when it comes to programming vehicles, that is going to get very dicey and turn into a different situation because that can be like prevented
1: right well because you know there's going to be people out there so like say there was no limit on the speedometer and we're we enter a world where people there is no speed limits anymore there you know people are able to control their vehicles and go as fast as they want and and so is that okay because they are going to be on the hook if something happens but is that creating a, a greater risk to everybody around them so it's like you gotta look at it something that may benefit the individual might not benefit the rest of society. You know what I mean? But isn't yeah.
2: all of society just caring about benefiting themselves right. over everyone Anyways, else? Anyway,
1: so yeah. do we need that sort of Yeah, now we're getting into <laughs> political science here. So it's like do you should you have the freedom to control every aspect of these different things or should there be some sort of oversight through the government or other organization to make some of de- those decisions That's for tough.
0: you. I don't know. That's really tough.
1: A lot of this is based on human nature too. Like are people inherently selfish or selfless? Like are people going to do what's best for the greater, you know, the greater good and everybody else and not just themselves or are people going to ultimately, if you leave it up to them, are they going to choose what's best for them?
0: It just depends on the person.
1: It does depend on the person. And would you say the majority of people are selfless or majority of people are selfish?
0: I like to think that the majority of people are selfless, but I don't know. I think
1: what we've learned from history is quite the opposite. Is if you look at history and you go back 100, 200 years, I mean, just think about life in the eighteen hundreds.
0: Well, yeah, shit was brutal. It was it was like
1: And even before that go it for was, yourself. So which is why, you know, there was structure put into place eventually and you know is there too much structure is there not enough structure so it's like it it depends on who you ask everybody's gonna have a different opinion on it but i think in in ideally in my world it may be better if everybody made those decisions for themselves because it could force people to learn lessons quicker and they might be hard lessons but they're gonna they're gonna learn those lessons quicker as opposed to decisions being made for them but at what cost, right? It everything yeah. has a cost and and a, and an effect. So it's difficult. I mean, that's why it's a philosophical question is it's <laughs> like it, it can go different ways depending on who you ask, but yeah, that's that's really an interesting one.
2: Okay, so what if you could program the car to somehow be able to tell avoiding innocent threats?
1: So like in this case the child Sure. Running across the road is technically right. an innocent threat.
2: Yeah. But then what if someone's purposely standing in front of the car getting in your way? But how does the,
0: I guess one and, day maybe the technology they'd actually be able to tell, but. Well, and how? also
2: define innocent versus non innocent. Like what, at what.
0: Well, if you're standing there by mistake, I'd say that's innocent. But if you're there so that the car will then crash into the wall.
2: So does that person, if you're there on purpose, does that person deserve it? This, yeah. So the car's like, oh, this bitch was here on purpose Yeah. kill him. But
0: how would the car know? That, I guess it's just a philosophical. Yeah, question, that's the thing
1: is like, how would it ever be able I to tell I think it should
0: kill the person that's just standing there on purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think if you're staying in the middle of the road, because it's like there is there are circumstances where innocent people are in the road for whatever reason. And, you know, obviously you don't want to hit that person. So you swerve, but then. You know, the chain reaction of that is, you know, could be even more devastating. But then there's, you know, there's people who purposely go onto the road. You know, what if somebody's, you know, wants to take their life and they go on the road and your car, you know, your car somehow able to perceive that it's an innocent threat, but they're not moving from the road. You know what I mean? So what happens there? I, I just don't see how they would, it would ever be able, it would have to be able to like read thoughts. Like these vehicles would have to be what the aliens are cruising around in like able to interact with your thoughts and actually yeah. be able to to sense have, be conscious in and some, that quickly, some way. too.
0: I mean, I just god, I feel like we're very far off from that.
1: yeah, so mm, I don't know about that one
2: okay, so we're going to talk about one of the most famous ethical dilemmas in philosophy, and this was created by the philosopher Philippa Foot in nineteen sixty seven So basically, there's a runaway trolley racing down a railroad track, flying down, and you are standing a distance away from the tracks next to a lever. Now, someone has tied five people to the tracks, and the trolley is headed straight for them. So you could pull the lever and divert the track, saving the five people. However, someone has tied one person to the other track. So if you pull the lever, saving the five people, the trolley will kill the one person. So what would you do? Would you pull the lever... Or just let it be. Now, a few things here before we go. Okay. You cannot, <laughs> like There's an obvious answer, right? You cannot untie any of the people. You cannot kill yourself. And you cannot know the age, health, character of these people, etc. You have to make a decision. So for all you know, it could be five kids, one person. It could be one baby, five old people. You, you don't get to decide that. So what would you do?
0: Um, I would pull the lever and divert to the one person. I think mitigation of loss of life is the best
2: option.
1: What if these are criminals though?
0: But we don't know. That's the thing is you don't know,
2: right? So they could be.
1: But they could be. What? If, what if you end up killing a baby and you find out it was a bunch of serial killers laying down on the rail? Well, the then trolley tracks. Then, then darns. you look like
0: <laughs> <laughs> messed up on that then, one. Then
1: you, then you, they're like Kendall Ray kills baby, but yeah. Five but also Kendall Ray didn't live.
0: know and was trying to do the right thing. Also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say would, if. it you know, if you have seconds to decide and you don't know any prior information, I'd kill the one person.
2: Mm.
0: Affect less lives, less, you know, families would be hurt. But are you messing are, with fate? Yeah,
1: I think you're messing with fate there. Maybe mm. there's a reason they're on the tracks.
0: Well, maybe there's a reason that I was there with a the fucking lever. So okay, that's fair. fate as well. I don't know. What would you do? You'd kill the five I people. Just,
1: I just walk away and let happen whatever happened
0: <laughs> <laughs> what
1: and just let it roll down the so track you would then... not
0: so you wouldn't change do, it you wouldn't pull
1: no it i wouldn't pull it because it's like
0: really you' you were really in this situation like think about it that doesn't align with what i know about your character <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like if you were actually in that moment you saw those five people and then one person but
1: the, but according to this you don't even know there's no way to because if you were there like this would be like a maybe even a remote situation where you're pulling a lever from a remote location or something and you're not able because you in this situation, you don't know the age, health, character of the people. If I'm next to the freaking lever and can see everybody, obviously, I'm going to be like, who's there? You know, look, yeah, but assess the situation. I think you probably pull the lever because I've, like five lives versus one. But is that justification? kill one person is does can you equate life that way can you be like five lives are well better than killing one
2: then you have the whole argument of like like we're talking about fate if you weren't there the trolley was going to keep going straight and killing those five people so were they supposed to die did we change fate and now that person that one person who was in theory quote-unquote not supposed to die if things just progress as they were going to
1: what if you killed like the future person who was going to go do like amazing things. Maybe was going to find the cure for cancer or something and
0: yeah, he ended up well, taking that shitty.
2: person out. Yeah, Okay, so adding a layer to this, imagine you are standing on a bridge over the trolley track and there is only one track this time but there are still five people tied to it. So of course the runaway train is going. If it isn't stopped, it's going to kill these people. But you notice there is a very fat man next to you who is so large that he could actually stop the trolley. So if you push him, he will die, but the five people will be saved who are tied. Damn, okay. Do you push the man to save the five, or do you do nothing and watch the five die?
0: He's so big he could stop a fucking trolley. <laughs> yep, in this scenario, correct. Oh, this is hard. Push him. <laughs>
1: you can be a martyr, be a hero. Save five people.
0: Yeah, I still would have to go with that. Okay. But do you saving get,
1: Do you get in lives. trouble, or are you an accessory to murder at that point? Like, if you
0: push it. <laughs> I don't know. That's where that gets complicated.
2: Okay. So this whole idea of like morals and the differences between the two cases is allowing versus doing harm. So you would actively be doing harm by pushing the fat man to his death. Mm. In this case, you are using him as a means to an end, saving the five. But if you do not push the fat man, you would simply be allowing harm. Is this permissible? Uh, and you can kind of compare it to this whole idea, too. So, there are starving children in a country on the other side of the world, and we wouldn't just bomb those children, a.k.a. doing harm. But if you sit back and do nothing while they starve to death, which is allowing harm, this is arguably morally permissible. So, yeah. it's allowing ha- it's the idea of allowing harm versus actually doing harm. Right,
0: that makes sense. Um...
1: I mean you could you could apply this situation to a lot of different things in life. Like imagine you have a sick animal. Do you have, you know, you have your pet suffer for months and months on months, or do you just put your, you know, just put the animal down, put it out of its out of its misery? Well, that's Which completely is more, different. You well, put yeah, the it's, animal it's down. Animals versus people, I guess. So I guess people look at it differently.
0: Well, you're putting them down to help them. No way
1: well wouldn't putting the children down <laughs> help them too? not starve to death starving to death is a very very brutal
0: death
2: like no like if you knew I that they were mean. if
1: you knew that they were going to die either way they're suffering they're mm-hmm. suffering would you rather sit back and do nothing and have these again you gotta you gotta also think of this from a more high. like don't be so literal about this <laughs> that, that's the thing about it, is like literally obviously you don't want to Nobody wants to come off and be like, I'm, you know, I would kill, you know, and, and make people think that we're like killers or something inside. But it's like looking at it from this perspective of do you allow humans to suffer or do you put them out of their, you know, take that away and just
2: end things.
0: But going back to the fat man, what if you push him and he's not fat enough to actually stop the train? So then they just all die.
2: No, that's not a thing. In this scenario, he's fat enough. He's stopping the train for sure.
0: Okay like 100% 100% yes. well then He's I, the I train. stick with my answer I'd push the fat man so
1: do you intend to do harm or perceive harm you know there there's so it's morally looking at it is one worse than the other is it worse to perceive harm or intentionally cause harm but to save people and in this these are moral dilemmas that there are people in this world that face literally I mean if you think about people in the military and situations that they go into where There's, you know, they go on a mission and there is a potential to take out a terrorist subject who's been wanted. He's murdered a ton of people. But in order to do that, you're also going to kill his entire family and children, wife, and they have, they've never done any harm on you or anybody related to you. Is it worth it to kill all of them in order to get the, the, the one subject or do you just not perform the mission at all?
2: Oh, now this is getting really hard. Okay, so imagine two cases of bombers during a war. In the first case, a military pilot drops a bomb on an enemy weapons factory. This shortens the war and saves hundreds of thousands of lives. Unfortunately, the factory is next to 10,000 innocent civilians who all die in the bombing. That's the first scenario. Now imagine a terrorist bombing, and the terrorist wants to make the enemy surrender, so he detonates a bomb, killing 10,000 innocent civilians the enemy then surrenders stopping the war and saving hundreds of thousands of lives which one of these if either are are morally permissible
1: so obviously in a perfect world a utopia that will never exist none of this happens but that's not the world we live in so this is this is a very legit decision that militaries mm-hmm. across the world make all the time i mm-hmm. mean and what we've seen is it is permissible the the in the military's eyes it makes more sense to unfortunately take you know 10,000 civilians get taken out but it prevents hundreds of thousands more I mean that's how people I mean you talk to anybody who's in the military that's how it's justified it's like yeah we we had to take out these innocent people in a drone strike but in, but as a result we were able to take out ISIS and and take out all of these fighters and therefore lessening the the possibility of even more people innocent people dying in the future so it's like in the military's eyes that is a permissible thing so it's like that's something that's happened since the dawn of man i would say like this is something that's been a dilemma since cavemen walked the earth like
0: i think lowering the number of people who die in any situation in the long term always going to be the right choice in my mind
1: so again with the terrorist They want to make the enemy surrender, so they detonate a bomb, killing 10,000 innocent civilians. The enemy then surrenders, though, stopping the war and saving hundreds of thousands of lives.
0: I would still have the same answer. That killing less people is better to me. I don't know. Would you have a different answer? What are your thoughts on all these?
2: I'm just the reader. (laughs) Um...
1: But then here's, here's the thing, too. How do you know that hundreds of thousands of lives are gonna be saved? Yeah, really? You don't know if it's actually gonna really? work. Right. Versus right. you know a hundred percent that ten thousand people are are dead as a result of this. Oh, uh, that
0: is hard. So, I don't know. This is why so I'm po- not
1: So there's a so then position. you're like looking at the possibility of there's a possibility that more people could be saved, but that may or may not come to uh, fruition. So it's like do you take that chance? Or do you do what mm-hmm. what is more concrete and that is you know saving the 10,000 people as it is, as is and not doing it there's so many decisions in life morally that we have that we wrestle with and ultimately we have to do what you know there's no there's no perfect answer there's no right answer to these questions because yeah. either way it's horrible things are happening but i think you i think you use your you, it comes down to you go with your gut and you go with your You have to go with what you think is going to be the best situation in the end. And in the end, if there's a possibility of more than 10,000 people living as a result of of your decision, even though 10,000 died, I think you have to go with having that unfold and hoping that more people live. Yeah, that's what I would do. And that doesn't always work out, though. And that's that's the thing is you, you just have to be prepared to deal with what if that doesn't work out. And in fact, it backfires on you and you ended up making the wrong decision. So you have to be ready to own own that. Yeah. And that happens a lot too, mm-hmm. where government fucks up, they do something and then they realize, oh shit, that guy yeah. wasn't there. So yeah. then we just killed all these civilians. Then what?
0: I guess it's the same idea with the fat man on the bridge. If you push him off and, you know, let's say it doesn't, we don't know for sure that he is going to stop the train. Let's say it doesn't kills all six of them. I guess you don't really know when you make that decision if it's actually going to work or make a difference at all. It seems a chance right. that it could. Well, and I think that's the thing it. is
1: like, I would challenge most people out there are going to go with, with this decision. I think most people out there listening to this are probably agreeing with what we're saying versus, you know, save the fat man and just let the, the you know, let the trolley roll. Damn. But then again, it, I think tough. it it ultimately comes down to, the philosophy that you that guides you in life, right? Like ultimately it comes down to do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Do you believe in fate? Do you believe in the in destiny and all of these things? Do you believe that is if that's the way you're supposed to go, then you shouldn't mess with that. You shouldn't try to say, you know, as they say, don't try to cheat death. Because if that was already going to happen, then by intervening and changing the outcome, are you in, are you messing with someone's destiny? And even though you might save them in the short term, maybe that doesn't help them in the long term. Maybe that creates even more issues because that wasn't what was supposed to happen. Uh. So I think it depends. I think it really depends on your philosophical views, which is why these are thought experiments, because it's like it comes down to your individual beliefs. Do you believe, you know, do you believe in an afterlife? Do you believe in reincarnation? Do you believe in life goes on after this or you know is there a greater purpose to life a lot of people mm-hmm. believe in god's plan right what's god's plan for your life and so
0: but maybe these people dying is right. better for them well that's not, that's what i'm saying free when whatever. tragic
1: things happen to people especially people who have religious beliefs in the moment it, it rips you apart but then in order to heal and move on with your life oftentimes though those people believe that this is a part of god's plan as crazy and and hard that is for people to accept, people believe that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're getting into, is like there's a, a whole another layer to this when you think about it from that perspective of like, are you interve- intervening with the creator or maker's plan mm. by inserting yourself and making the, the decisions for whatever is out there?
0: But if there's really a plan, like I said, you wouldn't be placed there with a lever. Maybe that's all part of the plan and your decision is part of the plan too.
1: Right. There you go. So that there's another
0: decision. Ah, this is hard. I'm curious. What would you do in some of these situations? Like the tr- the trolley <clears throat> one, for example.
2: I would probably kill the five people. I'd probably. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Why?
2: Because I don't want to mess with like what is supposed to happen. But then the whole argument of like standing there, I'm this is so hard because I'm put there in theory and I have the level, the lever. Right. So then a part of me is like, no, you should use the lever, kill the one person, save the five people. But then a part of me is like, well, if you really do believe everything happens for a reason, then there was a reason why those five people were going to die. So maybe I should just leave it alone. But I'm there for a reason as well. That's what's so hard.
1: And you could, well, you could perceive that you're going to do something that's good. And in fact, it ends up not being a good decision in the short term it is but then in the long term it ends up being you know well, say the per- the person that dies and is the one that was supposed to like i said cure cancer but then the people that the people that survived are
2: A bunch of serial killers you know
1: or just you know they don't do anything they don't add any they don't sure. do anything valuable with their life and they're just kind of wasting it so it's like then what you know you always hear that 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 saying of, in the wrong place at the right time. Or the wrong place at the wrong time.
2: <laughs> yes. I don't know. Now I'm just getting confused. You know what
1: I mean? The wrong place. So like people that, you know, people who... It's wrong place, just wrong ha- time. Like people who are just minding their own business, completely innocent to the situation. Say a drive-by shooting happens and a stray bullet hits them. Hard they would just happen on. to be in that place at the wrong time. And is that what, what their plan was for their life? Was, was that to happen? Or is that just randomness?
2: Because then I start thinking, this is where my and I think a lot of people's selfishness comes into play. What if I was the fat man, and someone pushed me? Would I be okay with them sacrificing me in order to save those people? Oh, that's honestly <laughs> no. I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, as selfish as it is. Yeah, no. I don't if know if so I'd true. necessarily be like, "It's all good." But it more lives will. Yeah,
1: that depends on your personal beliefs, though. Of course, it, because, and I, I'm speaking from. My religious background, but one of the things that I was taught growing up is like the the great i think there's a bible verse on it is like the greatest the greatest thing that you can do is lay your down lay down your life for your brother or you know and basically for another person the great you know the greatest deed you can do in in your physical life is dying for some yeah. so that someone else can live and therefore you'll be rewarded for for that so if you think if you have that belief system then maybe you would maybe you'd be like yeah push me off i'm i'm okay with this because i know there's something greater for me after this mm. and i'm and i'm going to be able to save these people
2: yeah i see what you're saying so uh, it, it would change for me if it was five people that i really like knew or cared for but it, i don't know
1: but isn't that selfish Janelle?
2: yeah it is
1: that you're that you're not you don't care about just random people
0: so it's also what like about, survival of the fittest would meditation. you
2: so if you were the fat man and you had no idea who these people are. And someone was like, Yo, is it cool if I push you? Or didn't even ask. You know, just would you be okay with that, Josh?
1: Not if I didn't know who they were. That's, not if I not, not if saying. I wasn't able to yeah, I have to have, a, have a moment to assess who these people are. If it was completely blind, probably not. I'd probably decline. Yeah. Because because there there would be a chance that especially if I, if we're talking about myself I know that I'm going to go on and do great things in life, but then there's a possibility I could lay my life down for a bunch of shitty people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that.
1: Would that be worth it? And obviously factor in family and everything else and what that would do to your loved ones. Obviously that, that creates another situation. And
2: also like us three, while we may be semi-spiritual, we're not religious in the sense of like, I'm not sitting over here being like, I know for a fact that if I die, I'm going to meet God tomorrow and it's all Mm going to be good.
1: Right, maybe this is it, right. Maybe you lay your life down, and that's it. that's this Janelle ceases yeah. to exist. there is nothing, and yeah. so you just did it for nothing, basically
0: yeah, i don't I wouldn't do it
1: so yeah, I think without it, knowing more about these people it yeah. really i mean that and that's why this is so so wild to think about because everybody's got a different belief system, and everybody's got different philosophical ideas, so it really it you really drill down to the core of your beliefs in order to even make your decisions in these circumstances, because ultimately, especially since most of these revolve around death, a lot of it requires you to think about, well, what are your thoughts on the afterlife? Would you believe that there is something after this? And if that's the case, so like, I have a fairly strong belief in, not even necessarily reincarnation in its traditional sense, but I do believe that life is eternal. And that-
0: I do believe that too.
1: That whether it's my spirit, my energy, whatever it may be, is eternal to something greater and a greater life force, a greater energy, a deity, whatever it may be. And I'm a part of that. And so therefore in, in essence, life does go on. Does it go on in the same, I've already accepted that I will probably never be Josh, the podcast host ever again. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've accepted that. So knowing that that's hard to let, it's hard to let go of your ego, right? And who you are mm-hmm. as a person, your identity. But if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, this is all just a fucking massage. Yeah. There's not. there's nothing truly long lasting about. So then why do you care we so much? Right. Well that that's the thing is like
2: Why do you care so much about doing such a good job at your job or being a good podcaster or
1: because it's an, life is an experience, and if you don't care about it, then your experience is shitty. So I want a good experience while I'm here. So in order yeah. to do that, I'm playing by the rules. But
2: so is that the ego? Then just talking of like at the end of the day, when you go to bed, you want yourself to to fill your ego, like oh, I, I did my best because if I'm not,
1: well, it, it not only my ego, but then it fuels my soul because if I feel that my if my ego is happy, then likely my soul is happy as well if those are connected. So it depends on if you're if you're connected mm-hmm. to your spirit and soul or you're not mm-hmm. or you're just living through your ego, which a lot of people live through ego and they're not connected with their spirit. And therefore, it's very obvious who those people are. You can just tell, yeah. yeah, by the way that they live their life versus those that are that are connected because the ego is not in control. The soul is right. Everybody still has an ego. It's very it's very difficult to just be you know completely remove the ego I'd from say everything. It's it's impossible. it's impossible, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it depends on which one you lead with. Do you lead with the ego or do you lead with the soul? And so that's... that's Or are
2: they think. connected, like you were saying, in order to feed your soul, your ego comes along with it.
1: Right. But you got one has to lead the other. So you have to decide which one that is. And you have to get to know, obviously, the soul is harder to get in touch with versus the ego. The ego's there all day. You can't escape it. Mm-hmm. But the soul is much deeper.
0: You guys are blowing my
2: mind right now. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs>
0: Sorry, these I just are, picture
2: th- someone in their bedroom, stone out of their mind, <laughs> listening to us <laughs> yes, <talk about> exactly.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I want to hear people's thoughts on these situations.
2: All right, so the next thought experiment is Robert Nozick's Experience Machine. And this kind of ties into like the matrix and simulation theory, which Love we've it. talked about. So, is happiness or pleasure the only thing that has value to us? Is being happy all that matters? So we're going to be reading an excerpt from Robert's Anarchy, State, and Utopia. It says, what matters other than how people's experiences feel from the inside? Suppose there was an experience machine that would give you any experience that you desired. Super duper neuropsychologists could stimulate your brain so that you would think and feel you were writing a great novel or making a friend or reading an interesting book. All the time, you'd be floating in a tank with electrodes attached to your brain. Should you plug into this machine for life, pre programming your life's experiences? If you're worried about missing out on desirable experiences, we can suppose that business enterprises have researched thoroughly the lives of many others. So you can pick and choose from their large library of such experiences, selecting your life's experiences for say the next two years. After two years have passed, you will have 10 minutes or 10 hours out of the tank to select the experiences of your next two years. Of course, while you're in the tank, you won't know that you're in there. You're you're gonna be thinking this is actually happening. Now, others also plug in to have these experiences they want so there's no need to stay unplugged to serve them would you plug in
1: this is a this is an interesting one because there obviously this reminds me of some movies that are out there but i'm just i can't help but think about neuralink and and some of this technology where we're you know connecting technology to our brains and things like that and and i feel that in the future this is a very real possibility mm-hmm. that We could perhaps, I like to kind of think of this one almost as like VR in a way, which which obviously this is more of a more real than that. Almost like you enter a tank and lucid dream and have these experiences. But then at the end of the day, you're not really having those experiences. You're, you're mentally having them, but physically you're not. So is it worth it to have, to be able to pick and choose from all these different experiences and Experience them in this way as opposed to in real life because maybe you'll never be able to do this in real life But in the tank you can
0: but are you aware of the fact that this is not actually happening that it's almost like a dream
2: No, not when you're in when you're in the tank. You have no idea you're in a tank.
1: There's no difference from This reality and that reality.
2: Yeah, the only difference really is that when you're in the tank You're only having you're only experiencing pleasure because you can basically decide what you want reminder after two years have passed you will have 10 minutes out of the tank to select your experiences for the next two years
0: so when you're out of the tank you know that it's all not real
2: well you know you know that you're able to you know out of your catalog of all these wonderful experiences create your experiences that you want to have for the next two years and then hop back in the tank and it starts going again
0: it's almost like the idea of a soul choosing what they experience during their life. You know how many people believe that your soul before it actually enters a living body like decides what they want to experience, good or bad, so that they can grow.
2: But is there growing in this if right. you're only experiencing pleasurable things? This is
1: pleasurable experiences. So whether it's like, you know, you want to experience being at the top of Mount Everest mm-hmm. or Taking a submarine to the bottom of the ocean,
0: but no one else is actually going to see you experience these right. things or experience them with you in right. reality. Maybe in your right. right in the tank they do but, right,
2: and that's one that of the would- arguments of like why not plug in? Well, because a lot of like we want to do certain things, not just experience doing them. So yeah. it, you know, a lot of times in the case of certain experiences, it is only because first we want to do the actions that we want the experiences of doing them or thinking that we've done them. You don't want to just have the experience of climbing a 14er or think that you've climbed it. You want to do it, but doing it is essential in order to feel that accomplishment, you know, in this life.
1: Do the, will the higher, will the highs run out?
2: Yeah.
0: What it even mean? Versus like,
1: I feel that in the human experience, you must have lows with the highs. if we we went through life and everything was pleasurable and amazing and you know our endorphins are peaking all the time and you know we're just in this euphoria for our entire lives as amazing as that sounds so much of the human experience is also experiencing the other side of that which is the hard times because how can you appreciate the high times if you don't have the low times and that's the the dilemma here is like you're you're robbing yourself of that and therefore do these pleasurable experiences actually end up being pleasurable for you if you don't experience the lows
2: or right. in some way like actually work to get to that end point like if you're plugging into a machine and climbing a 14er you're not actually doing that yeah you're
0: not but is if it's simulating it enough for you that if it feels just like the real thing what's the difference? I think the biggest difference for me is that no one else is actually experiencing you do this thing. You're not like having a real interaction, and I think the most important part of life is interaction with other humans, in my opinion. Which I guess it could simulate that there's other people, but, seeing, is that the but same? it's not the real thing because their soul is not actually.
1: I just think about coming out of it mm-hmm. and, and all no of a, know, and know. returning and being like, "Oh my god, that was that was amazing!" But also having that feeling of. That wasn't real.
0: Yeah. It's like waking up from a dream. Right. I don't think that would be worth it for me because I would just be so upset during that time that I was unplugged.
1: I think I would do it for a few years. Or I think I would do years. a few rounds of this for but sure.
2: You say a few rounds, but then would you, when would be like, okay, I've had enough of this eternal life of pleasure. Now like I want to go utopia. back to the real life of experiencing
1: I would just do. Th- and- I would just do things that I would never do in, in the real life. And, and experience it in this way, where it wouldn't harm anybody, and then come back.
0: But then, would the rest of your life be depressing because you don't have <laughs> this euphoric feeling? You aren't. I mean, getting I everything I, th- your I like to
1: think that I'd be able to separate it and be like, okay, that was fun and all, but
0: I think morally, back to reality, for me and with just my internal beliefs, I think that we are here to experience good and bad to shape our soul. And so, I wouldn't want to do this because I think then I mean, you're robbing like, no yourself. progress as a, you know, spiritual being.
2: So reading more um, about this here, it says we want to be a certain way to be a certain sort of person. Someone floating in a tank is basically just a blob. There is no answer to the question of what a person is like who has been, you know, in this tank for so long. Are they courageous, kind, intelligent, witty, loving? It's not merely that it's difficult to tell. There is just no no way to tell there he's there there it's impossible that there are any of these things any of these things because they're just plugged into a machine so in a sense is plugging in to a machine in some ways suicide i think you're not
0: actually living the intended life
1: i i think this would just vary on the person i think some people would be able to handle going into the machine coming out of the machine and being fine living their life and continuing on because i do think there is there are scenarios that this could be a great avenue to experience things that you'll there's no possible way you'll ever experience in your life
0: okay well think about it like this you go into the tank for five years and you come out and holly is six years old and you've missed her whole you know early part of her life would you still want to do it Or just any family member or like me, you'd miss out on six years of marriage with me or, you know, while you were in there, your grandparents passed away. Like you're missing out on all these real life experiences that some of them may be negative, but wouldn't you feel like you missed out if you were just in this basically dream? Yeah, you would. Like if you could plug into this thing for like a day and experience something really cool that I might be interested in. Or like a week even.
2: But what, I mean, humans are addicted. We're addicted to drugs. You take a psychedelic and you feel great. You want it. A lot of people are like, God, I wish I could feel this all the time. Imagine feeling pure bliss, nothing negative in your life. It's the most incredible feeling. And then you're out and you're like, okay, that was great. But I'm going to go back to my quote unquote shitty life now. Yeah, I think that'd be impossible to do. So is it dangerous to even have a taste of it though? I think so. I wouldn't even want a taste of it. Interesting. So let's say, okay, now you can't, because you were like, okay, let me get a taste of it. What if you were plugged in, you're in, and you're either in or you're out? I would not go in. You don't want to be in eternal bliss, though?
0: No. I want to experience true intended life. I mean, going back to just like my own personal beliefs, I think I'm here living this life for a reason, and my soul is learning and growing during this life experience. So I wouldn't want to mess that up.
1: Well, I, I think, I mean, this is where the philosophical
0: question comes in is like, are
1: you by doing this, are you messing with your plan or God's plan in essence or you know are you messing with the grand master design of everything at that point? are you hacking it in a way? Mm. and that's and, I mean this kind of all goes back to like the simula but that's the thing is like maybe maybe this is in line with what's really going on I mean there is always that that possibility that this is a simulation. We that are not this world that we perceive as, as being natural is in fact simulated already, wow. and we're already in this. You know, we're, we've all been led to believe that this is a natural, this is all natural. The cosmos is all natural, but in fact, you know, we're either in some alien's computer or God or whoever it is. This is their sim, you know, they're running an experiment, and mm-hmm. we're just a part of this experiment. So, depending again, it comes back to depending on what you believe. If you believe that this is simulate, this is a simulation, then I would say, yeah, why not? Why not plug in? Because there's no difference at the end of the day. It's like it's both are simulated realities. So,
0: but if you don't know that information, if you're unaware of whether or not this is a simulation, which we we have no idea what the I wouldn't of life take is, that
1: chance and just plug myself in. I would stay in the natural world for sure.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: It, to me, it wouldn't be worth it because. I don't, I, I think it would get old just being in this like a uh, never ending state of bliss. And yeah, I'm curious if you would know that be conscious in this tank within this simulated experience that you're in that, oh yeah, forgot my body's just dangling no, in this you, tank. you don't know. Oh, you don't know. So, yeah. so you wouldn't have any recollection of that.
2: So yeah. I know we talked about how you can't experience, you know, if you're in this, you're only experiencing euphoria, but There could, let's say there's different levels of euphoria. So on the surface, on the bottom, you ate a great piece of chocolate cake. It was delicious. Made you happy. Then middle tier is like, oh, you reached 10 million subscribers on YouTube. What an accomplishment. Super great. But on the highest level of euphoria is like having Holly be born again and experiencing what it's like to create the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. Mm -hmm. So do you, does that change things in the sense of like, yeah, it's all great, but there's different levels of it? Or is there still something to be said about the fact that this isn't real and are humans eager to be able to experience something that is actually really happening, real experiences, even if it means maybe they're not all great. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, yeah, you can experience different levels of happiness in the tank. But at the end of the day, they're not even real.
0: I mean, I think, again, I just go back to the same thing that I want to experience my life the way that it's supposed to be, the ups and the downs. Like, for example, my grandmother passed away and I literally was holding her hand when she passed and I was eight weeks postpartum. It was one of the worst times of my life. But I'm glad that I experienced that. Like, I miss her, of course. But what would life be without... Mm-hmm. these downs to teach us about what it's like when the good things happen. How can you even have a gauge of good and bad and positive and negative experiences if you don't experience negative things as well? I think it's dangerous to live in a world where everything is good.
1: Yeah, let me elaborate on that for a sec. So is happiness the end-all be-all? Is happiness really what we're all striving for at the end of the day as human beings? Or is there other things that, that we strive for as well that are equally, uh, that are equally valuable to our experience here i would say in that circumstance that even though in the moment being with your grandmother when she passed was devastating and sad that is a valuable moment in memory i I go back to memories too like Mm -hmm. happy like those different levels of happiness like it's not like i remember that piece of chocolate cake i had on my birthday and I, and i like relive that happiness right there's only there's only one level of happiness which would be like my daughter being born that actually ends up being a core memory for me mm-hmm. as opposed to the other layers of happiness that i could eternally experience in the tank to me doesn't equate to the core memories whether they're good bad or indifferent yeah i prefer to have the core memories whether it's a because if you look back at your life at the end of the day, those are what you actually care about and remember, and what's most valuable to you as a human being. It's not yes. all the happy happy times you had throughout your life. But, you know, all the fun times you had doing doing psychedelics and eating eating delicious food. Like you're not going to be thinking about that. You're going to be thinking about the core memories, good, bad, or indifferent. And 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 those revolve oftentimes revolve around the people that are closest to you and that actually matter to you and those real human connections that you have so i would say that that is far more valuable than experiencing a, any level of eternal bliss by just going through the no matter how hard they are how devastating they are at the end of the day that's going to be a core memory for you and when you and oftentimes sometimes the most negative things that happen in your life turn out to be for for the greater good no, and good turn good. out to be teach you something mm-hmm. to where your life gets significantly better because you went through that hard time so do you, do, would you want to remove all those hard times? No,
0: I think your life is almost worthless if you lived it without experiencing anything bad.
2: And that's kind of what I meant by like, if you plug in, are you committing suicide in a way? I think so.
0: Yeah, that's how I would. Yeah,
1: it. I, I, I would agree with that. I think you're, you're giving up. I mean, you're in essence, you're giving up being a human being because you're giving up the human experience because nobody in this reality lives without the highs the lows and, and the in-betweens that just doesn't nobody on this planet lives with on a consistent high their entire life nobody right because that would mean you live a perfect life and nobody lives a perfect life because we're not
0: meant to i believe
1: right i mean and that then you could roll this into you know good and evil and all these other different things you know can one exist without the other and so yeah, I, I think you have to have the mix of the different levels of experiences and emotions. There's a reason why our brains perceive things the way that they do. There's a reason that we have all these senses and emotions and we react to things. It's not, it's not if it, if that weren't the case, then we would be experiencing the world far differently and everything. You know, I just don't think as a you're 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 sort of cheating yourself out of living a full life if you were to go into this tank and only experience and and I think you would get old. I think you would get old. Absolutely. Because you're gonna how many how many happy experiences can you possibly have? Like
0: Not
1: until you indefinite. start indefinite. Right. Until well until you start I think in a in a sense there's a finite possibility there because eventually You're going to run out of things to do that are going to provide happiness. And then you're going to start experiencing the same things over and over again. It might be slightly in slightly different ways. There's obviously infinite possibilities of happy scenarios that can unfold. But eventually, they're all going to become so similar to each other after a certain amount of time that it's going to be utterly meaningless to you because Uh you're going to get, you're going to be like, I already know it's coming. I already know it's coming. I already know it's coming. And the feelings that you're going to feel are going to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's not like your happiness levels keep going up, like, and you keep pushing past, like, breaking through these different barriers. Yeah, and like,
0: also, with most good things that happen to you, there were bad things that happened along the way to get to that good thing. So, if you can't experience any of those little things, how much does that final good thing happen? Right, the value mean?
1: is zero. Right. The value ends up being being absolutely face value and has no deeper meaning to you so you're basically giving up the deeper meaning of life by subscribing to the tank
0: Mm -hmm. agreed okay guys so we had so many more that we wanted to do but these obviously take a lot of time and we think we want to do other episodes like this in the future if you guys are down so let us know if you would like to see us answer some of these thought experiments in the future because i definitely there's some ones here that i really want to talk about so let us know in the comments below. We want to know your thoughts on all of these situations as well. What would you do? What do you think? And yeah. That's and if be... you have any
1: suggestions for thought experiments or even just philosophical questions or ideas that we could do in a future episode, I'd love to get into sort of the philosophy around religion and God and, yeah. and good and evil. and That would be good too. I, I think all that's very interesting and it really cha- it, it challenges you and your beliefs, and I think that's so important as a human being is mm-hmm. is not getting stuck in a certain type 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 of way or or path, and allowing yourself to be open to other ideas and and really challenging yourself on your your beliefs because I think that's how we we grow as human beings and and I mean from my own experience, I was taught one thing my entire life, and then I discovered this this whole world of other ideas and stuff, and it and it's interesting because you start drawing parallels to other other belief systems and religions and things like that and and i think what you find is we're all more similar than than we even know and i think that's what's so so interesting about these conversations is i think mm-hmm. is people who think that they're on opposite sides of the spectrum could potentially start to realize that oh we have a lot more in common than we than we actually no, think if so we true. just actually if we're open to to asking these questions and diving into it and really really allowing yourself to be open to to these ideas and and challenging each other so i'm very excited to see where we go in the future with an episode like this with philosophy and just in general i, I love this this stuff so yeah me too I so think we'll definitely yeah to do let another us let us know in the comments um if you're watching on youtube again make sure you're following us on spotify we really appreciate it but that is it for us today we will see you guys next week with another episode and until
0: then keep on taking your mind a, a mile, mile higher, higher.